What's going on, everybody? I'm Keith, host of Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas, where four to five of my brothers give their perspective on national as well as local news. We touch on some trending hot topics as well as culturally relevant news. We also get a chance to dive into some deep core conversations. Check us out live every other Monday at 7 p.m. You can find us on Just Our Thoughts on YouTube live as well as Just Our Thoughts fan page on Facebook. Also, please don't forget to follow us on IG, J-O-T with the fellas. What up? What up? What up, fellas? And, and, and we are yeah. back. We What's are up, back. man? What's the deal, man? What's the deal? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It feels it's good. It's been a minute. Yes, sir. Shakur, what's good? What's going on? I'm here. Hey, hey. What's up, fellas? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, man. Hey, what what shows have y'all been watching for uh, since since we've been um, been off, man? Since season one ended, what's no. y'all been um, checking out, man? Well, for me, it was like yeah, I was kind of like doing that school thing since I was working at the school. Mm-hmm. I was rushing, you know, get home from from work, school. And to watch a different world, you know, you gotta catch that joint. Come on from four o'clock to six o'clock. On what channel? On TV One, man. Okay. That was that okay. was our our every day. Really? Every day. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Classics, classics, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, for, for me, man, you know, um, I gotta be honest with you, man. It's been a lot of depressing news that's been on, man. So, I would say for the past. I would say prior to yesterday, man, I was watching um, just some uh, NFL preseason games, the highlights, just to kind of get a feel of what these teams are going to be looking like, you know, for the season. Um, Other than that, man, I found myself. Now, check this out. There is a sitcom, man, that has been around for about 15 years or more. And I didn't watch it when it was out, but Mm. I started watching it um, about a month ago. And that's... uh, Damon Wayans and Tisha Campbell. My wife, <laughs> wife and kids. Yeah, that was yo, funny. <laughs> yo, Damon Wayans, yo, that dude yeah. is a nut. Yeah. Yo, he's yeah. funny, man. And you know, Tisha Campbell, man, she always accents her role, man. Yeah. You know, in anything that she plays, even back when, you know, she was doing that Martin piece. Yeah. And I always thought yeah. that, you know, she was um, she was a nice actress back during that school days era when she played Jane Toussaint. Remember yeah. that? Right. Yeah, she licked his part. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what's some of y'all? What's what's y'all top three though? What, what would you think y'all top three uh, sitcoms of all all time would be? <laughs> well, you know, my top, of course, probably probably would have to be Sanford and Son. I can watch that to to the cows come home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because his sarcasm is, is just it's matched. <laughs> I match his sarcasm. I yeah, feel yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And then um, it's like, then my other is like good times, man. I, I, I really love good times because they touched on a lot of topics back then that are still very relevant now. You right. know, and it's like, you see, and it's crazy. I'll sit there and watch it. I'll be like, yep, that's going on right now. You yeah. know, that's very relatable. And then I got my, a different, then I have a different world because, you know, it was something that brought, um, a brand new light on on black life and especially college life because it 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 really shined a light on something positive that a right. lot of us right 
were at that, especially at that moment, could really relate to and strive for. And then, like, it catapulted uh, enrollment in HBCUs at the time and even college at the time, yeah, you know. It's so, it. yeah, that's like, that. those are my top three. But there is another one I will watch. And I do find a lot funnier now than I did when I when we were younger. What's it's that? Jefferson's man. It's oh, Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson's. Yo, it's Jefferson's. Yo, I, I sit there and watch that. Yo, George, and even and, e- and even uh, Wheezy, man. They, yo, that they they complimented each other, and it was just it, yo all day, all night. I could just sit there and watch those four shows. Yo, I watch um the Cosby's is one of, is maybe my the my favorite of all time mm. it just covers so much man um the cosby's and i'm glad it's back on mm. so i can check the cosby's <laughs> i love my i love me some some cosby's man um you know all of the one of my favorite shows was uh <laughs> when when vanessa came home with dabness and, ah. and, and cliff <laughs> You know, present. You know, he talked to uh, Vanessa about how he pre- how she presented Dabness with the trash can. <laughs> trash can lid, yo. Yo, that's one of my favorite shows. Man. And another one yeah. was when um, Theo, um, the Gordon Cartrell. No, nah, not the Gordon Cartrell. but no? wow. Use the um, use the Monopoly money with with, oh, with the um, first season. <laughs> the yeah. first the first show actually with yes. Theo. That was the first one. That was the very first show. I mean, yo. that was one of my favorites right there, man. When when he said, uh, "Are you gonna have a girlfriend?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> he took all his money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got yeah. and Martin, Martin, Martin. Yeah, hands yeah. down, one of the best, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hands down for me, man. I think I want to start off with um with good times, man. Good times was always one of my favorites, man. It just felt like. You know, I could like relate, man. You know, to like that struggle, man, that they be mm-hmm. going through. And, <laughs> and um, I was, I was so happy, man. They used to mention they lived in. It was, it was filmed in Chicago, but mm-hmm. they lived on Lakeshore Drive. They always mentioned. <laughs> well, no, they didn't live on Lakeshore Drive. Well, what was it? What was it about Lakeshore Drive? The, it was that was the the um the good part of town. Oh, the good part of town. The well, good anyway, part of town was Lakeshore Drive. Yes. Well, anyway, they mentioned my street. Yes, they <laughs> always <laughs> did. Yeah. Oh man, you lived on a good part of town, eh? You lived on a good part of town. <laughs> so I would say that, and a couple of the other ones, man, that you mentioned, man, the Jeffersons, yeah. man, and Sanford yeah. and Son, of course, yeah. you know, um, Fred, man, you know, when he would go after Lamont and call him, "You big dummy," he'd <laughs> 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 be stupid. Yeah. Hey, honorable mention, honorable mention. Uh, and it doesn't get a lot of uh attention anymore, man. I, I like different strokes, man. Different yeah. strokes. Yeah, I like to see when um Janet Jackson, man, when she would make a special guest appearance as Charlene. Remember that? Oh yeah. Tom Bridges ain't know how good he had it back then. Right, right. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. Um <laughs> I guess for me, uh, y'all y'all said two of the ones that that um, really that really set um, kind of resonated with me was Different World. Um, you know, I'm a college dude. You know, it opened uh, my eyes to that whole college life and the development of long term relationships with people from college. You know, that was the thing that I saw from Different World. How 
even when they graduated, mm -hmm. you know, Dwayne and Ron and Whitley and uh, Jaleesa, they all maintained a relationship with each other even right. after graduation, you know, right. and college is where you develop some of your long lasting relationships. Me and EB, we went to the same college, but we still share a lot of friends right? Um, that we met in college to this day that we still are, are connected strongly with. Right. Uh, I, I, I got to, um, EB, we got to check out the mass melanin market up in Glassboro because um, Wawa has linked up with your boy, Quincy Lewis. Okay. By land and by sea. Okay. okay. We'll talk about that later, man. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a Quincy is another one from college that we, you know, have been friends with, you know, because of the the the, the development of long lasting relationships from college. So I just love that. And I was going back and forth with Tamika Chester on Facebook about the the wedding scene mm. where mm. Dwayne interrupted. Um, the Byron and Whitley's wedding. That was probably wow. one of the dopest yes. moments on I that show. That. I agree. Um, the other one for me would be the Jeffersons, like y'all said. My thing with the Jeffersons was, you know, just the success that George and Wheezy had, the mm -hmm. entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. that George had, you know, to, to be a businessman, you right. know, to, to really show you know, from the bottom to the top, now I'm here, you right. know? Uh, and that was dope to see their transition from all in the family mm. to get launching out on their own show and to right. really show a black power couple, right. really being able to, you know, move up out of the hood, but still be community oriented because the dry cleaners were still in the hood, right. you know? So that was good to see. And then my other one that I like was what's happening. Oh, Roger, man. rerun. Mama, Dwayne, you know, Dang. all those characters, you know, a single black mother mm -hmm. raising a son and a daughter, you know, showing those cats with uh, that friendship that they had from school and that they maintained, you know. And again, that's where Martin got his launch from. Yeah, he yeah. Um, was from the when it rebooted. Um, yeah, what's happening yeah. now. Yeah. So, you know, Martin is my, you know, my honorable mention and uh, i mean my top scene with with them was the new jack city scene <laughs> the new jack city yeah, scene that, with that the was fake classic. rock with, with the fake doberman yo i mean that whole that whole scene just because somebody stole his cd player yeah you yeah, know. That so that's funny. my that's my top three in an honorable since y'all throwing honorable hey, I got a quick question since, you know, since we touched on kind of the same, same uh, show, I got two questions. What's who up, was boy? the very, on the first season of A Different World, who was the very first face you seen on the screen? Was this a quiz, a quiz, a little trivia? Quiz, little trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I don't. Felicia what, Rashad, I don't know. Debbie Allen. Dwayne Wayne. Okay. Glasses. Okay. Very, very first face. Okay. Then what was the what was the very <laughs> last face you seen on the last episode? Whitney. I think it was Ron. Dwayne Wayne? Nope. <laughs> nope. KD get it. It was Ron. Really? It was Ron. Okay. Yep. Yeah. They left for Japan and they Ron left for was Japan. Um, he was still in the in the spot. I think him and Freddie had a relationship when the show ended. Yes. Him and Freddie. Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a touching moment in sitcom 
history. (laughs) (laughs) Good old days, man. The good old days, bro. Yes, sir. So those are some some sitcoms, man. We bring back some uh, some some nice sitcoms that we've watched, man. Um, Welcome, fellas. Welcome, 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 everybody that is joining us to just our thoughts with the fellas. Welcome. We are back. We are back. We are back for season two. We took a little break in at the end of July. And thanks everybody for joining us. Big Nick, my man, Nikki, Juan, Dre Sproul, what's good? Throw them right? comments up. Throw them comments oh, up. I was I putting know. them up, man. I was putting them up. Nikki. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Steve. thanks for joining us on Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas, where we touch on national and local news, trending topics, current events, culturally relevant topics, and we had some core conversation. We want to thank everybody for joining us on Just Our Thoughts with the Fellas, where we just come in and just share our thoughts, our ideas, and everybody just coming back. We appreciate you so much. Today, we are having a core conversation about determining your worth, revenue versus relationships. So if you can um, share this podcast, share this conversation, share this this show (laughs) with everybody on your social media page. You can also reach us on and connect with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Radio, Anchor FM, and all streaming services. So what's going on, man? Everybody good? Chilling. Chilling. Yeah. All well, man. All is well. Chilling like uh-huh. Yeah. We back, man. It's good to be back. It is so good to be back and have these conversations with the fellas. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Determining your worth, revenue versus relationship. KD. Mm. If you can, man, I want you to break this down and the reason why this is such an important topic, such a such a topic that can be discussed, um, peeled back and just, you know, talked about. What's going on, Tawanda? Tawanda Fussell. Yeah, right. man. So this whole worth, your value, it, it kind of hit me when I kept hearing the, the phrase, what do you bring into the table? I've been hearing that a lot lately. I've been hearing that being chopped up on a lot of different platforms. What are you bringing to the table? And some people find that question insulting and some people feel that it is something that you should ask. But when I was thinking about that, I was just thinking about what what different characteristics or qualities or things um, internal or external really formulate or develop our worth either in personal relationships or our professional status. You know, how do we determine what our value is, you know, in every facet of our life um, from family, because we all have um, some type of role in family, in our, on our job, you know, in our, in the things that we volunteer in, you know, whatever it is, we have some form of value that we bring and, my question was, you know, where, where do you find that value? What do you think as far as the person you are, the human being that you are, what facet of you, what quality of you do you feel like has the highest value that you put more of an emphasis on? Or are there some things that you feel like my emphasis is not on that? That's really not what, uh, uh, I really feel like it's something that pertains to my worth or my value. So, you know, I, I just, you know, it came up when it was like, you know, what are you bringing to the table? Really determining what your worth is, your self-worth, not really how people perceive you, because that's a whole different 
argument and, and debate that we could have, but really how you feel. I mean, we all at a certain age now right. where we right. know what we bring to every area of our life that we are involved in. So, you know, you let's know, chop it up and see what it is that you say, determines your worth. When you say we're all at a certain age, you know, we didn't use that in our in our teenage um, years. <laughs> when we say we all at a certain age, you, you age us this right is, now. No, no, I'm not making you old. <laughs> we're at a level of maturity now. Absolutely. That Man, we, can, that that we can really point to where our value lies, either internal or external. So what y'all got on this? <laughs> OG Talk to me. Oh, Talk to man. me. Hey, let's give want- let's give Shabub a shout out first, man. Thanks, Shabub. For- Yo, Shabub. That's Shabub? First Yee, wow. Yo, that's Shabub. my dude. I seen Shabub. <laughs> Yo, I ain't seen that boy in a while. Yo, hold on, real quick. Yo. I gotta give Shabub a shout out. I was about to get my hair cut real quick, and I ran into Shabub. He pulled on the side of me. And we got out and we embraced one another. I've been seeing him in years. He saw my kids, man. Uh-huh. He pulled out a couple dollars and said, yo, what's up, nephew? This is for you. Shabub, much love to you, baby. Man. Dope. That's what's up. That's, That's what's, what's up, Shabub. Yo, Shabub, thanks for tuning in and checking us out, brother, man. We appreciate you, man. Go way back with you, brother. Yes, yeah. When we think about um, determining self-worth, um, you know, I, I, you know, the first thing I think about is looking at, you know, looking at ourselves, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, you, we always talk about, you know, looking at yourselves and what do you see in the mirror? And the first thing you often see is what the physical is, what right. the appearance is. So, you know, when you when you think about determining, you know, your self-worth when it comes to appearance, you know, I wonder if everyone's is different. You know, we, we have conversations about different um, different careers, different drives, different motivations. And mm-hmm. your, your whatever you value, sometimes I think your stands out. You know, um, I, I often, you know, I was reading one time and it says, whatever you spend your money on most is that what you value. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know a lot of people, you know, and sometimes I, I got caught up into it where I was spending money on clothes and making sure I looked right. And I was, you know, on tip top shape and, you know, as much as possible. So does your appearance, you know, um, what does that bring to your self-worth and your value? Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I mean, I'm kind of like you was like there was a time where, yes, I did spend the money on clothing, you know, trying to get. You know, not not that I was buying Gucci and Versace and all that other right, stuff, but right. you know, I was buying some name brands. You know, and yeah, I put a lot of emphasis on the stuff that I, I wore, but it kind of faded away. It was like to me, it wasn't as important anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not because I'm to this point right now. I don't I don't need a pair, you know, hundred hundred fifty two hundred dollars sneakers. You know, I'm I'm trying to get stuff under a hundred dollars. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't need all the name brand uh, clothes. Nah, I just need something to put on. It looks good. It looks, you know, it looks decent. It doesn't make doesn't make me look like a clown when I'm when I walk out the door. Right. So, right. you know, I mean, as far as appearance goes, my emphasis isn't what it was when I was a little younger, but at least it, it does it does hold a factor, but not yeah, yeah. not as important anymore. I think for me, um, I wonder, like I, I think mine changed over the years. 
you know, my 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 uh, emphasis and, you know, the value on appearance has changed over the years, you know, not so much as the 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 clothes and the material, but in terms of, you know, what I do with my body, you know, in terms of, you know, trying to get my cardio in, in terms of the physical, still trying to strengthen my muscles mm-hmm. and when I'm what as much as possible when I'm trying to eat, you know, um, I remember in, in, in elementary school, they used to say you are what you eat. You know, mm-hmm. and it still stands true. And so in terms of that physical aspect of it, you know, I do try to um, make that very, very important and much of a priority. And 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 when it comes to my worth, you know, because I feel like I'm worth it. Like, I feel like I'm not worth eating, you know, something that's going to tear me up on the inside. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm struggling for like two months. I can tell you, I think I told Katie I had some ice cream. Right. Oh. I had some ice cream, I think, early August, and it wasn't the ice cream I was supposed to eat. Mm. I, had some, I, I was struggling, bro, for like f- four weeks. What? My stomach wearing me out. Yes, for about four weeks. I just can't digest dairy like that. So, you, you know, it's the, it's, would you say it? Lactose tolerant? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's trying to balance that, you know, yeah. um, do it, but I know daggone well, I know better than that. So, you know, did I value that ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, you. I, I definitely got to be mindful of that. Carrie says, as long as the shoes are comfortable and cute. If you feel good on the inside. I know that's right, Carrie. I know that's right. I know hey, that's right. For me, man, for me, um, I, I have to say that um, appearance does play a significant role for me. And I think that has a lot to do with the way I was, um, my upbringing, like, mm-hmm. um, I looked up to my, my grandfather, my mom's dad, and, um, he was sharp, man, well-dressed, well-groomed, always smelled good. And back then, like my grandmother my mom and my aunt, they were into ironing. And I mean, ironing with the starch and all that good mm. stuff. Man. <laughs> so, um, growing up, man, I don't care if I had some hand-me-downs, man. My mom made sure that that crease was down the yeah. middle of the uh-huh. pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if my shirt, even if it didn't have buttons or wasn't a button, button down, it was iron and there was a crease coming, uh-huh. <laughs> coming down the side. But yeah. um, I, I don't I don't think that, you know, um, uh, appearances in all be all, but I think that it can also be um, an influencer on how you actually feel about yourself. Confidence and, booster. Yeah, and and mm. and how others view you. Not that that really matters, but mm. I'll give you a quick example, man. Like every day, man, I'm going to work, man. You know, I might have on, you know, um, some slacks, loafer, shirt. You know, sometimes I might rock a shirt and a tie, but if I got to do a presentation like pre-COVID, I might rock a suit. And, you mm-hmm. know, it gives me a different feel of what I'm going to do that day. But mm-hmm. if it's jeans and sneakers, I might be a little bit more laid back where I don't feel as stuffy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And right. Y'all going to get a kick out of this one. But in the wintertime, man, if I'm rocking some jeans, a hoodie and some Tim's, Yo, that that changes like my facial expression, man. And <laughs> it might even change my walk, man. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Clothes make it the man. 
<laughs> you feeling hardcore? You feeling gangster with your yeah, Tim's and your hoodie? What you got for us? Yes, yeah, so I do believe in the old adage, dress for success, you know. Um, and I grew up with, with that same routine and that same pattern that EB talked about. Every when I look at a lot of um, younger pictures of me and my brother, you know, my mom was a single mom. Mm -hmm. She always had us suited and booted. I mean, there wasn't a time in a picture that I, I never saw myself without a suit on, <laughs> even as a young dude, like my son's age, nine or younger, mm -hmm. you know, and that always kind of just resonated with me to, you know, there is an emphasis on uh, your outer, your appearance, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, right? but it's one thing about having substance, but also how you present yourself. You know, I feel good when my head is nice and smooth and my beard is, <laughs> is shaped up. I feel good about myself, you know, you know, sometimes when I feel my head in the morning and I'm, I got a rush and I'm like, oh man, I look a mess and I need to shave this, you know, it kind of plays a part a little bit in my affect and my mood, you know, rather than if I'm well shaven, I go to that ironing board, like EB said, with the starch, I don't put the crease in it no more, E. But I make sure the wrinkles is out, you know. So for me, an emphasis is on how I present myself because I got a clientele, you know, that I go to. I got professional people that I got to talk with. So, you know, I can't always go in my sweats. I, you know, I, sometimes I can go in a pair of clean jeans, but an, a nice shirt. But as long as it looks presentable, you know, you don't want to leave the house. One thing I always heard was never go out of the house with a with a busted pair of drawers on because you don't know what kind of accident will happen in the course of the day yeah. that yeah. might cause for your pants to be torn off of you yeah. and everybody see your dirty drawers yeah. and your holy yeah. underwear. Yeah. All right. You know, so, you know, I think it is an emphasis on how you present yourself. Presentation plays a lot. Right. You right. know, when you get a plate of food, you know, it might be something that you desire, but if it doesn't look right, you mm. know, if it's not presented in a certain way, who can eat it? Who can digest it? You know, but again, it may be 25% or 20% of the totality of the person that you are. But, but again, I feel like, you know, I, I get mad sometimes E when I go to some court hearings and I see um, the young ladies with the bonnets on their head at mm. in court. The pajama pants on. Yeah. I see the fellas with a white tee and some sweats on. You know, you cannot present yourself in a court of law, mm -hmm. you know, looking as if you want to be credible. Right. You mm -hmm. know, when you got everything stacked against you, uh -huh. if it's one thing that you can have control of, it is how you present yourself. And that's not all about appearance. It's also about how we effectively communicate. Right. If you're always like, yo, what's up, your honor? You what's, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, how you know, yeah, I was chilling. You know, if you can't effectively communicate, yeah. Yeah. you know, your stance or your position, you know, to get your point across, that's a part of appearance too. How you can effectively communicate, um, you know, to, to other but, people, um, you know. Doesn't doesn't so, that pose so all, like a question? all of that, all that, all of that plays, I think, a major part in in how I feel about myself. I feel yeah. I feel good yeah. when I put on a nice clean outfit that is well tailored, 
you know, I feel good. I feel valuable, but that's not where it stops at. But that is a large portion of how you present yourself to the public. So you doesn't know, that like, like the, it to me from hearing all, and you know what everybody is saying, it's like, we demand that respect, you know, that, that appearance, how, how we look demands respect. And it, and it is kind of like judging the book by its cover because like Katie's saying, you go to a courtroom, you don't look, you know, you got a wife beater on and yeah. some sweats yeah. and you yeah. got a bonnet and them, and them eyelashes. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't gain respect that way. You yeah. know, they don't look at you and that in a, in a respectful way. So I guess, you know, that's kind of like more what we're getting at with you the know, parents thing. You remember um, Deion Sanders, man, um, he, I never forget his saying, his saying stood um, with me so for so long. He said, if you look good, you feel good. Oh, and yeah. if you feel good, you play good. Right. And like, your play, you know, the thing about that, it, you know, that just extends past football or baseball, whatever he did. But mm -hmm. for me, it's your whatever your play is, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, in the courtroom, whether it's, you know, in whatever you're doing, you know what right. I'm saying? In a, in, a, in a classroom, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, if you mm -hmm. look good, you're going to feel good. You're going, you know? yeah, you're yeah. Step out, you know, you, you in the mirror, you making sure you right. look good because you want to, you want to feel good and you want to mm -hmm. play good. I want to mm -hmm. read Grace. But I, but I know before you, before you read that, sometimes, right. you know, if your mood and your, your mental health ain't right, you don't have the self-care, the habits of having good self-care like you should. Your hygiene, your grooming, you know, you don't care about those things because you don't really feel good about who you are. Just like you gave that point about Dion. You know, mm -hmm. if a person really doesn't feel good about themselves, they will really not take the time to do the little things. Just the grooming habits, getting mm -hmm. up, brushing your teeth, getting a shower in the morning. A lot of people don't do those things yeah. that's really necessary. You know, <laughs> that goes into appearance, yeah. you know, yeah. your hygiene, you know, do you go to your annual dental checkup and, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, those little things, because you know, are important as well, because that that's a telltale sign of some type of mood disorder or mental health. If a person mm -hmm. really lacks um, the self care, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, I never, you know, me and you are kind of big on, you know, exercise and eating differently and things like that. Too, you know, man. that's an appearance as well. Yeah. You know, it's not to have a, a flashy body, but it's really to extend our longevity here on earth. Yeah, that's important. You know, I want to be able to, to give, you know, to see my sons get married. I want to be able to see grandchildren. So the emphasis on me working out is not to be flashy or to impress somebody with my appearance. It's so that I can have the longevity that I need to still be here and not be a burden in my older years, you know, on my on my sons yeah. to, to take yeah. care of me. I, I don't know what what lies down, you know, what lies down the road. Mm -hmm. But what I can do right now mm -hmm. to maybe alter the course of those things, I'm going to put the work in. Go okay. ahead. I want to read Dre's um, Dre Sproul's uh, um, comment. Um, appreciate you, Dre, for checking in with us, man. My self-worth is priceless. The positive energy inside me makes me practice positive progress. Material things, money, and this physical form will go away. But that energy that you possess will live forever. Oh, hey, Dre, appreciate you, bro. Hey, Dre, well you. said, man. Good yeah, stuff. definitely well said, man. Definitely that was dope. Well that was dope. So, yeah. so, 
So how does that, you know, when we talk about our, 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 our worth, you know, when we talk about our determining our worth, we, we, we touched on um, appearance, you know, mm. what about determining it when it comes to our income? Mm. You know, as, as men, you know, I, I think we learn this thing as, a, as boys, you know, where it's a somehow, how do we measure up? How do we measure up, you know, on the basketball court? How do we measure up on? What's my mom calling? Me? How do we measure up? Hey, on... mama. <laughs> like, yo, I thought it was one of y'all for. <laughs> How do we measure up in the, um, in the on the basketball court, on a football field, you know, when it come, on the track field, in the classroom, you know, and it it transitions. I think for us, you know, um, as yeah. we get older, in terms of how you measure up or what is your self worth when it comes to income. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I, I think it's important. I, I think it's important um, as far as what your what your income is at this point in time. I, I read a survey, a study um, about our age group, and at our age where we are right now, uh, the study says that this is the highest earning oh. um, time frame that you're going to have in your life at this age, at this stage, this is the, the prime or the, the most valuable you will be as, as in term, in terms of what your income is. It almost seems like at this point is where you should be making your most money at this age. And at this stage of our life, unless there's some other stream of revenue or some other stream of income, that um, you're able to tap into. But really with the career that you have put in about 15 or 16 years in, mm-hmm. right now is what your highest earning value is. Um, and that spoke volumes to me because, <laughs> you know, while I, I thank God that I earn a decent income, mm-hmm. I want to earn more, <laughs> Right. you know, and that's, and that's not out of greed. That's not out of lust or anything like that. But again, um, my achievements, my okay. bachelor's, my master's, my experience, my certifications, I feel as though I'm worth more than what I'm making right, but than what I'm making right now. But if that's the cap for me, where what I'm doing in this current career, that means that I need to uh, hustle a little bit harder to move in a different area to open up another door um, that can present a present me as being more valuable. So, you know, that's, that spoke volumes to me about this stage and this age mm-hmm. of our life being at the point of this, your highest earning value is as far as your career is concerned. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, as far as money with me, it really, it's not as important. Um, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm just like with KD, I, I, I make a good living. But yeah, I know I want more, but hey, it is what it is. Right. You know, it's just it's just so happens that, you know, I'm union. So even even a kid at 26 years old, you know, just getting out of the out of the our apprenticeship, he makes what I make. So it is that that as far as the money is not very important to me as far as make making my worth, because you know, it, it I, I'm just more happy of being what I am. You know, I, I, I really don't think I would want any other profession right, right. than then being an electrician and working in the construction field. 
and just making what I make. I, I just don't. I, to me, to me, the money isn't as important because you know you can always just like you can always find something to make yourself happy. It's it's not to me. It's just not money. Money money isn't as important. Gotcha. Hey, let me let me let me let me throw this in there real fast. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's a an emotional um, factor that plays a part of. When we're talking about um, determining your worth, is there a? Do you feel like there's a um, an emotional um, connection to your income? You know, individually, like I may not, you know, compare or I may not make what you know someone else makes that's or my age or that has the same level of education that has the same level of um, certifications, you know, that I have. Is there? Do you feel like there's an emotional attachment that can you know, um, um, put someone in a state that, you know, cause them to, you know, not feel as worthy or as valued as someone, you know, that that is in a is, is in a good position. Well, what I've learned, I've learned that um, you're always going to want more. Um, growing up, man, I had a conception, man, that my mindset was, OK, I need to really get this money. I need to chase this paper. But then again, I think that, you know, I mismanaged, you know, let's say 20 years ago, I mismanaged, you know, my funds, you know, it's just like, okay, hey, I'm working, I'm getting paid, I'm buying clothes, I'm having fun. I, I would say it wasn't until the past um, 10 years ago, man, until I was to the point where I was like, you know what, I started really, really crunching the numbers, man, and, you know, having a you know, a two family income, man, um, you know, really, really helped me out. So mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, the, the income does play a part, but you know, it, it was a, it was a lesson learned. It's not something that, you know, I really cherished and I really, really strive to really, really hone in on until, you know, it became, you know, two family where it was like, it wasn't about me anymore. It wasn't about mm -hmm. me, myself, you know, just living, going out, hanging out now it's like okay you got a family now you got to prepare for the yeah. future so i think that's right. where i am at this right. maturity mm -hmm. level as kd put it this maturity level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and e I, I i agree with you strongly when you know at a young age we live for self mm. but now we live for others you yes. know what i'm saying and yes. i think we recognize that now when you have multiple people that are dependent upon you yes you know and and what you bring to the table <laughs> you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. you know and 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 for me yes income is important because i want to be able um to provide for my family you mm -hmm. know and be able to have a safety net in order you know if you know certain things come up that need to be taken care of financially you know you got to always be forward thinking in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And then you got to think about the future, you yeah. know, uh, sons going to college, private mm -hmm. school, you know, what other trade trade schools, these things cost money, especially yes. when you have more than just yourself involved. You know what I'm saying? Um, I always heard how legacy was kind of attached to wealth. You know, these billionaires, they, they really don't have the same concerns as we do. Because, you know, right. they're set and stable financially, right. you know, for us, you miss one, one or two checks, 
we might be homeless. You know what I'm saying? We're no we're no different than the homeless person on dunk by by Dunkin' Donuts out there on Broadway. If we miss one or two checks, a lot of things can be taken away from us in that in that instant. And that's why I saw one of the brothers put up there. You got to be able to hustle and it don't mean illegal, but you got to be able to have an additional stream of revenue so that you can stash and have a, a um, safety net in, mm-hmm. in and with in and when and if things do show, you know, rear themselves. But, but again, I think, you know, yeah, we gotta, we, we gotta be more financially literate. We gotta be more financially responsible and we gotta teach the same principles to our children as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is right yeah. there. Dominique McKinney. Big man. Yeah. Something that they don't that. teach us in school. Yeah. We gotta break that cycle of not learning financial responsibility as, as kids. Cause that was, that's big in our community that we weren't really taught that. You're on mute. You're on mute, Guy. I think I, I also think attaching that to value, you know, and worth, you know, being able to, you know, I, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, um, working with some youth, and they they struggled with, you know, the the financial aspect of putting some things together, you know, mm-hmm. and it it actually decreased how they viewed themselves, you know, mm-hmm. um, comparing to other people, you know, when they going out and doing certain things. You know, there they it 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 didn't put them in a in the best position to succeed right. because of how they viewed themselves. Mm-hmm. Katie, can you read Kim's um, comment, please? My mother was a human resource professional. There's nothing else to say about how I was raised when it came to how I dressed when I was younger. That has now carried over into my professional life and my life all around. How you present yourself is very important. Girl, girl, you just, girl, you just read me. You just, you just validated my point, girl. <laughs> That's good stuff. Man. Presentation matters. Yeah, Presentation matters, you know. And, and, and I know we going, dropping back to appearance, but just with appearance, one of the last point is that it also depends on what venue is going on because there's certain, you know, there's a social, there's a professional, there's, you know, there's certain aspects or certain venues that you got to dress a certain way for, and that may be more acceptable. So, you know, just to keep that in mind, you know, um, but yeah, just with, with with finances, we can't live above our means, Mm. you know, and that's where I think a lot of our people fail. Mm. Is that we try to keep up with other people, right. impress them, and we get into debt, mm. you know, so instead true. of focusing on what we're able to handle and manage if it's on our own, if it's a two family. I mean, listen, if you're on your own and you struggle, that's that's common with two parent families, two parent families struggle as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about managing wisely being responsible, right. you know, and not living above that which you are able to afford. So how does how does how does who you know um, play a part on determining your your, your worth? EB how can does, talk about that. Yeah, how does fraternity <laughs> the, the the president do a whole dissertation? Nah, well, I'll I'll keep it short, man. Um, I think we all know some very high powerful people. Um, within our circle and beyond. 
Um, I will say that I truly, genuinely believe that that saying, you know, it's, it's all, all about, about you know. who you know. Yes. Amen. Really, Amen. Preacher. I, I really genuinely believe that, man, because yeah. sometimes I even question that when I see people in um, certain places or different position i'm like wow how did he or even how does she you know how does she get that but then mm -hmm. again it's it's not for me to to judge but it just goes back to the importance of of, of who you know um within this world today yeah it's all yeah. about who you know nepotism yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's crazy even even in my profession it it that who you know stuff i mean like personally i don't i don't agree with it i don't like it um because in my opinion it should be more on merit and not oh, just because just because you know just because you you may have grew up with the foreman you go out drinking with the foreman and i know on a lot of cases because you go out snorting with the foreman oh. you know what i mean i you know because I, I i run into that to where you know, <laughs> my talent shines, but because I'm not, you know, one of your cut buddies, you know, things things don't the longevity doesn't hold. But hey, I'm a union man. I'm and and that's another reason why I really don't I don't hold the who you know high on my priority because mm -hmm. you know I have a I have a trade. So it's basically I can go out on my own if need be, but you know, I, I I like to go out on merit myself, not not the who you know thing. But I know there's a lot of there is, you know, it can get you far. And mm -hmm. and if it can, and if you work it right, hey man, kudos to you. You know, I always um like the fact that when I say Eric Burrell's name, when I name drop that. Oh, stop, man. Um, Please. I get some stop. shine. Stop, man. I get stop. some shine when I say Eric Burrell. Stop, when I go man. to a stop. school and I need some documentation or something for the job, I say Eric Burrell, you know, I get a little bit of shine. I get stop. a little bit more attention. I let get a little bit more he's, assistance, he's speedier, immediate stop, stop. when oh, yeah, I say yeah. Eric Burrell. And listen, if Eric Burrell has the power and the influence, okay, and I'm just using you as an example, you don't don't get shy on me. Well, if I if I use Eric, if Eric Burrell has power and influence, um, and he he says, look, I know Kevin Riley, um, he would be good in that position. He would be good in it. I mean, that's my boy. I'm not going. Who would fault, you know, one of our own to open doors for us? You know, I know sometimes it seems unfair when other people have that at their advantage. But what if we had that same um, connection or that same um, influence to open doors for one another? Where all I say is, you know, I, Keith Hall, he, you know, he would be suitable for that. And then he gets a call the next day and they're connecting with him. You know, they're, they're yeah, they might be passing over somebody, but I know that Keith Hall is is competent i know that eric burrell is influential and and he has degrees and the experience so if i was, if i mention their names and i'm using um you know they're, they're using me as who you know to get ahead why not use people that i know that can really create change in that capacity so you know yeah it seems unfair but if the shoe was on the other foot 
will we respond the same as well? Mm. Wow. That's a good point. Now, just to kind of piggyback off of that, um, you mentioned my name. Every time I mention Kevin <laughs> Riley's name, man, people start giving me money, man. I'm just saying, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're a liar wonder. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, there's the right. But you know what? That, right. it, it 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 goes into your profession too, because you know, of course, your your you know your profession. You know, you guys, it it that who you know does play more of a factor than Put them comments than with than with them with uh, construction. Some good comments. You know, it's because because with us. You know, we're we're all we're all supposed to be the same. We're all can do the we're all supposed to be able to perform the job the same way. So there's my man Ron Deasy. Ron Deasy's in yeah, the house. Yeah, put that up there, man. Keith, Keith, your mic's Ron on mute. Put put no, I was Ron I was Deasy's comments up there. I, yeah, I was waiting for you to, to read Ron Deasy's uh comments, man. That's my barber, everybody. Ron Deasy. Okay. Ron Deasy said, no <laughs> he, keeps sure presentable. he keeps are not the only ones to benefit from your talents. Make sure you also capitalize on what gifts you have. Cool. Yes. That's good stuff, Rondi. Yeah. Yes. Lorraine says, um, that's why it's so important to open doors for our own. Here Sometimes we go. We are annoyed when folks call on us for our influence. Um, hey, Lorraine. What's up, Lorraine? Thanks for watching. But I do. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that it's important that, you know, if I see someone that doesn't look like us and someone that does look like us with the same type of talent, I don't see a problem with nepotism. Um, I, I certainly don't see a problem with nepotism and, you know, because it's been used um, against us for such a long time, yeah, you know, yeah. and so I certainly don't see a problem with, you know, looking out for our own. I don't think we do enough of it, um, you know, but we, we certainly had those type of conversations for such a long time when it comes to us, you know, and speaking of Ron Deasy, you know, um, you know, what you do for a living, you know, um, I think plays a big part on your worth and your value and how you value yourself. You know, some people put more value in their career, their profession than others. You know, Ward has a tremendous amount of value in his in his in his career, you right. know, and I know some people, you know, they want to get out of that career. Some people put a huge amount of value in my career. I know for me, I'm ready to, you know, transition you know, in some sort of way. So how does that play a part in determining your worth? And, you know, we're going to still try to stay on determining your worth. Well, I, I value my job tremendously because, you know, it's not only is it just something I enjoy doing, but I enjoy that the, the actual outcome of it, because if it wasn't people for people like me, you know, we wouldn't have lights and power. We couldn't turn on, right, you know, right. the lights and, 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 you know, come out of the darkness and, you know, be on this podcast at this time, you know, things like that. So, you know, of course, of what I do, you know, for a living is really important and not and, and it goes even beyond just my job. It goes into the fact of of what I can give back to, you know, my community, you know, especially going back to Canada High, you mm -hmm. know rebuilding you know our our old alma mater to uh to have you know for the for the for the newer generation and also giving of my time to to the children on the wrestling team to 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 uh to further you know express my joy for the sport 
to let you know to teach the the young ones coming up to let you know to make them be try even make them better than what what i was and even better than the ones that came after me and and before me it's like it's like i i just feel like giving back to the community is my is more of my self-value and more my worth I keep them went did, to the did dark you side did you again. shut his electric off man he <laughs> <laughs> keith went to the dark side for a minute electric <laughs> off man uh, yeah. y'all crazy, man. Y'all crazy so what we talking about our career being something that we uh that makes us feel valued um i listen i put four years in at uh stockton university and went and did two years for my master's degree. Um, I'm 17 years gainfully employed um, because of the time that I put in, my study habits, the discipline that it takes to go to college and to, you know, to be indoctrinated in order to get that degree um, and that master's degree. Heck yeah, I, I feel very valuable with the employment. Now, does it always treat me well? Does, you know, are there days where I feel like, you know, uh, I need something else? Yeah, sure there are. I mean, each and every one of us, we, we can't say that there's been days where we're like exhausted and like, man, I, I need to be doing something else. But, you know, I'm thankful um, for the time that I put in to get to the point where I am now um, because there's not a lot, you know, that are in my profession that are still doing what I do, um, being a black man from Camden and being uh-huh. as educated as we are, uh-huh. um, and still serving the community. I served the community, um, through my, through my daytime job and also mm-hmm. with, um, my outreach program and my ministry at the church. So, um, you know, I'm thankful for those two facets. Um, but yeah, it makes me feel good about myself to be able to, you know, daytime and, and on my own time to be able to have some type of form of give back. I remember I saw a post from uh, Tawanda Jones, Wawa, Melanin Marketplace. And she said that if you're not doing any give back, mm-hmm. you're really not doing anything. You know, that, that you should feel like other than being paid to make an impact on somebody's life. You know, if you always feel like I got to get a check to speak to these kids or I got to get a check in order to do some, how much am I going to get? If you always feel like, you know, I got to receive payment for my service, mm-hmm. then you're really not doing it out of an authentic or genuine heart that wants to serve other people. You know what I'm saying? And if you're always looking for a check, that means that, you know, you're, you're not really um, committed or dedicated to really making an impact on somebody's life because that's where, you really receive and feel the most valued when you do something on your own terms, free of charge, and you see a positive outcome in someone's life. So it takes those uh, ministry, uh, those ministry type activities or those outreach type activities to make an impact on someone's life so that they can remember you as part of your legacy. And that's the most valuable component that you do have once you leave this world. Yeah. That's a good point, K-Day. Um, to your point, man, um, I've been in education for the um, past 18 years, and I am actually um, a licensed realtor as well. 
And Katie, you mentioned a, a very important um, key component, man. You said helping others, you know, having an important um, fact, having an important piece in someone's life. And I think that once you could try to help someone and make sure that they're good, whether it's teaching them something, um, being a listening ear, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, something that you're giving that person, you know, monetary, you know what I mean? It could be something that, you know, they've heard you say, you know, that had an impact on their life later on down the line. So I think it, 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 it resonates with me, man, that once you are able to have right. an influence on somebody, you know, and then, you know, they continue to persevere, man, and flourish off of something that you may have said, done, or taught them. I, um, for me, um, when it comes to what I do for a living, I think it's not just solely the, the eight to five or eight to four, nine to five that I have. It's the, the helping people, I think, where uh, it brings me value. It, it adds value to who I am as a person, you know, to see a transition. Um, I'm big on transition and I'm big on seeing someone in one place and being able to watch them, whether they take uh, one step forward and two steps back, but being able to watch them um, progress in whatever state that they're in, you know, whether they're, um, you know, six, seven years old to 60 something years old, just that progression um, it, it it brings me value. It brings it, it knows that what I have is is worth sharing with others, you know, and being able to see that that progression. I think it's, it's just is is immeasurable for me, you know, um, for so long, you know, just watching guys, you know, um, just move, you know, um, and even just simply just getting a job. You know, um, it's several guys I've helped, you know, um, in the past. And, you know, I don't talk about it much, but. Just young men, man, just watching these guys just get a job and their first check, you know, that joy on their face for me oh. is worth it like crazy just to see their joy and opening up a bank account and and just all that, man, I, I think mm -hmm. is um, for me, it just brings so much, you know, to and reminds me, you know, of, you know, my worth and what I bring to the table that right. goes right back to, you know, what KD said in the beginning and what the what the conversation you know started from is what do you bring to the table you know so um, I think that part for me when you talk about um, what do you do for a living it's the the helping others you know and still being able to make a career out of it you know and 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 put a roof over your head but just really just watching other people um, progress in the state that they're in you know getting from one part to another part whether it's one step two step. Slow progress, fast progress, I think is dope for me. And it brings so much worth to, you know, reminds me of my value and what I bring to the table. Yeah, real you know, quick, Keith? real real quick. I just want to put a little story on that. Like, <sighs> like when I went back to, you know, the, the Bill Can High, um, like a lot of the guys was asking, like, why, why are you so passionate about this? I'm like, cuz, man, you don't, you just don't understand what Can the High meant to me, meant to the community. So, you know, as we go along, some of some of the guys, you know, some of our other electricians, they was like, yo, you know, some some guys were walking past and, you know, they were like, you know, telling me, thank you for rebuilding my um my school and this and that. And then it gave them some self-worth of what they were doing. And I'm like, OK, now, you know, the feeling of giving back 
to the community. That's, you know, they no. they never had that. They didn't True. know what, what I was talking about. And then they actually got to see what I was talking about. about. Yeah, that is true. A hey, hey, E B and Keith and Keith, y'all, you know, y'all work with um, you know, y'all work in the community. Um, you know, sometimes I get mad at at athletes, three years, three hundred million dollars, um, four years, five hundred million dollars. These athletes, these professional sports, do they really make the impact on people's lives like we do? I think I I I I'll say this. I think they do more often than we know. I think I think they do more often than we know. And although it's not recorded, although cameras aren't there, I think they do. Um, I was watching, you know, shout out to my Cowboys. I was watching Hard Knocks. <laughs> I was watching and just a small impact that players make. Um, you know, and it's not even at universities or these big programs or these big schools. Just had a, a a program, you know, taking sneakers mm-hmm. and you know doing different things, man. That adds it. I don't know. I I never personally want to put a value on what someone else is doing because they make so much, you know, and how much they have. But I think, you know, whatever they do, you know, we I, if you put it back on us, I think we can all do more. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I feel like we can all do more, but. I do think they do do a lot more than what we give them credit for. Now, some of the um, <laughs> some some of the some of the bright things that these athletes do it does it does give some shine. Now, let's take a look at <laughs> let's, those loser cowboys. What's up, Kim? <laughs> now, let's take a look um, at um, LeBron James now because of who he is. That does get publicized. Now, LeBron, I forgot how many millions he put into that school. Um, but that that does go notice that he, he is doing stuff for the community. Right. Um, let's take a look at um, former Eagles great uh, Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins, he did a lot, um, you know, in this community. Social so, justice and activism, yeah. Yeah. You got it. So some of them, I guess, depending on who the athlete is, some of them will, you know, get the shine. Um, mm-hmm. For some put that the- Jackson Jackson uh, comment up there, right. Jackson she. Yeah, that sickens me. I love sports, but never will I believe an athlete should make more than a person impacting a life daily. Never. Wow. I, I like eighty-five to ninety percent agree with you. Um, I believe that teachers mentors, uh, youth advocates, therapists, um, those people that's in the trenches, man, you know, I'm not saying we need to have a three year, $300 million contract, you know, but you know, a lot of us are saving lives. People that have been suicidal. We are talking Mm. them off of a cliff almost every day. All right. Families that are starving and destitute, you know, we're doing that every day. You know, and and while athletes have some good intentions, some good um, publicity to 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 the community, to the hood, you know, a lot of people, it's almost holidays. So, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see turkey drives by every athlete. Right. Amen, somebody. And then you're going to see you want to see a Christmas drive by every athlete. All right. Um, You know, and again, those things are once a year, you know. I would like to really see if you if you have that type of power, influence, and wealth, 
you know, do like a LeBron and establish something that can really impact uh, the community on a daily basis. Right. You know, I hate to say it like this, but I think a, a lot of times, a lot of these athletes, they do it just for tax purposes. You know what I mean? So now, now, some, now, well, like somebody like LeBron, you building the school. I mean, you got to give him his props on that. But I'm like, yeah, like KD said, with you know, these once a year functions, you'll see them, you know, giving out turkeys at Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. Yeah, it's tax purposes. They they just doing it for a write off. Hmm. I, I, I'm with y'all. I, I think I'm a I'm gonna go a different route. I, I think even if they do do it for a write off, whatever the reason, someone is being helped. That's um, true. You know, it, somebody's getting a pair of sneaks put on their shoes that they didn't have. Someone is getting a book that may be fresh and new versus a book that's written over in pages um, or computer. You know what I'm saying? That's, um, you know, that's new and functioning. You know, right. I, I totally agree with y'all or, you know, in somewhat I do. will I will go back to Kevin's um, Kevin's Kevin's point. You know, I, I think it goes back to value and what what's valued when it comes to the people that's pay, pay, paying these athletes and not to shift the conversation. But if we have a teacher that we know should or educators, period, that we know should be making a lot of money. That's where the that's there. It's the owners that's paying the players. They have the value in these players. You know, mm -hmm. they value these players. They value the athletes a lot more than people like us. And I think it says a lot about what America values. You know, what I'm right. saying it's not it's not the teachers. It's not the players. I think it's the it's the owners and what America values, you know, and what America think is the is the priority, you know. Um, and when we think about LeBron and you know, let's let's talk about achievements. You know, what is our um, worth when it comes to achievements? And do we have a do we put value in those achievements? Mm. Which are, which are, which yeah, I, I do. I mean, even though it's not like I, I don't get like the glitz and glamour, um, you know, I don't get an award. But whenever I do, whenever I'm at work and and, you know, and show my skill at work and I get compliments from it like oh man henry you know you do you do real good work that's that's more that to me that's my achievement i i do value you know people you know complimenting on my craft right 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 for me i would have to say yes as far as achievements are concerned <clears throat> simply because it's like you achieved a personal goal that you set out to <clears throat> accomplish you know Growing up, I was like, okay, I want to go to college. You know, mm -hmm. I accomplished that goal. Not that that's everything, but, you know, I think that once you set the bar and then you reach that level, you know, you have a sense of um, of comfort knowing that you were able to, you know, overcome that obstacle that you thought may have been difficult or something that someone else couldn't, you know, couldn't do. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I do put <clears throat> emphasis on, on achievements because – you know, that's the goal that I set and I was able to accomplish it. Yeah. Drink some more water, E. Yeah. <laughs> that crystal geyser. <laughs> that crystal geyser, baby. Um, now, I, I think that achievements are a great thing. Our, our accomplishments, our achievements that we made, if it's um, a success in a business area that we made, you know, I think those things are good and they add to our resume, you know, not just our a professional resume to a prospective employer, but to our overall personal resume of who we are as a human being. 
Um, but do you only feel that your achievement is valuable when you can brag about it to somebody else? You know, if you if you only feel that your achievement or your accomplishment makes you feel good when you can brag or boast about it, I think then it's it's misdirected and misguided, you know, because it's it's not for that purpose. That achievement, that accomplishment, whatever um type of success you might have had is not is not for you to boast or brag about, but it's for you to open doors for yourself and to pull somebody else up. I, I just believe that everything that we achieve in this life is not for us. You know, it's, it's a selfish way to think. It's not for us. It should be for someone else to open a door for your family, for your friends, for a stranger. You know, our achievements, our accolades, the applause that we receive, whatever like that, you know, they're fine and they're dandy, but what are they doing for somebody else? You know, um, my master's degree that's in a plaque and on the wall, it looks beautiful. Um, I feel good about it and I do talk about it, you know, but it's in vain if it if I don't utilize it in a way that is going to be impactful in an, in another arena, you know, in some way, shape or form to somebody else. And, and I feel like I'm moving in that direction where I'm now utilizing a lot of the skills and the learning and the strategies and the methods and the things of that nature to really be able to open some doors, not just for myself to receive shine, um, but for other people to be helped and to benefit. So it's a beautiful thing to have and talk about. But if it's the only thing that makes you feel good that you achieved it, then it's, it's empty and it's meaningless. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Sometimes great. you can open the door for others by sharing your story of how you got to where you are by explaining to them some of the, the paths and the obstacles that, you know, they're going to have to overcome in order to get to that point as well. So I see your point on that one. Good stuff. Yeah, no, that's a, no, that's a great point. You know, being, um, I, I, I don't think we were meant to be here alone anyway. And, you know, I think Kim mentioned earlier that, you know, it takes a village, you know, and, and it takes someone to pull another person up and whatever you have, you know, to, to, to help your brother, help your sister out. Uh, I definitely, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that we need to do, something that we have to do when it comes to the achievements. Your achievements just isn't solely for you. Um, you know, let's 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 keep it moving. And, and, you know, let's get to this last one. I'm trying to remember. Um you know, EB, you mentioned um, 10 years ago how, you know, you really started getting some things in order. You know, um, I'm wondering, was that around the time um, Tina stepped in, you know what I'm saying, and started getting something, helping you get some things in order? <laughs> so my question is, does, a, does being in a relationship, you know, one of the topics that we had, does being in a, you know, relationship, does that add and bring more value? um to who you are uh well for me i would have to say yes simply because i think that you know um at that time you know as i mentioned you know i was just living freely man you know just having a good time man and then you know after you tie that knot you know and become one then you kind of build upon you know things together so um, I think that that did, my wife is an accountant, by the way. So um, that also 
helps me out because she likes to crunch the numbers. So, you know, <laughs> I, I found that I can save, like, how'd you do that? You know, without even looking. So it does, it did help me out. So I could say yes to that question, Keith. Hey, one time I was talking to EB, I don't know when it was, over the last few years, and E, I think you was taking some lunch to work. You had packed a lunch or something to take to work. Right. First you know, going out to eat, and that you, was a, that was a nice change. Yeah, it was a nice change because I was going out to lunch every day. You know, I mm. was spending, I would say probably ten dollars every day on a sandwich and going to Dunkin' Donuts or stuff. <laughs> it was like you better you know, pack a lunch. It was like try packing a lunch for two weeks, and honestly, I have to say I saw a big difference. Yeah, mm. yeah. so it added value. Mm -hmm. Added value. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No. I think um, I think, you know, in certain aspects of society, they view family, they put a high onus and value on family. Um, you look at uh, people that run for political office. I think one of the requirements <laughs> is for you to be married with children. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always you, you never really see a single individual run for a political office. Mm -hmm. I, I've never seen I've never seen a single president in my 48 years. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, usually there is a, a husband and wife and, and children whenever there's some type of political or some some office that ser serves the public. And I do believe that society does. Um, put value on the family. Mm -hmm. God instituted the family, you know, in the beginning, God created man and woman. He told us to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You know what I'm saying? So th there is a, uh, a value, a God ordained value on husband and wife and, and children that we are to train and to educate and to and to raise so that they might contribute to the world at large as well. So, um, you know, I believe that is, you know, it's a, a value in society. It's a, it's a God ordained institution. And I believe it does open some doors for you when people can see that, oh, wow, they've been married for X amount of years. And wow, they show some real dedication and loyalty and, um, you know, that's because that's hard work, maintaining a marriage, uh, maintaining a family, you know, so that is something that you can put on your pedigree that you put in two decades. You know, I've got a, you got children in college and you got to You know, these are things that, you know, other people can can talk about and share. You know, these are commonalities that people have with one another about family life soccer practices, football practices, things of that nature. And you start to network with people because of your commonalities with families. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you send your children to practice, cheerleading practice, and you link with other parents and they might have some business opportunities. So, you know, and through your family, you see other doors of opportunity being open just because I set my, my, my son to gym class. Now I can send a resume to being an um, adjunct professor somewhere. You know what I'm saying? These type of doors can, can be open because of the fact that you do have a stable, loving, um, and, you know, uh, you present longevity with your family. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is a, you know, not only does it make 
a man or woman in many ways feel fulfilled, you know, because of the father and the mother calling and having children and being in, in a relationship. For some people, it makes them feel satisfied and fulfilled to be a father and, the, and a mother and, and a husband and a wife, you know. Um, but it also does have a side effect, the benefit of connecting and networking with other people, other couples, you know, other other persons that can open doors for you because they met you via family. So, um, yeah, there is some value. And I can say I've experienced that as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Go ahead, Ward. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I I I love the family that I have, you know, and I and I value them. But as far as I'm concerned, to go, you know, to be with the actual topic of, you know, do I put value in being in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to say no. Uh, I don't. I don't have to be in a relationship to feel valued. I value myself just as is, you know what I mean? And I hear, you know, all you always hear people say, you know, they're in a relationship and they always tell their mate, Oh, you, uh, you complete me. Um, I always disagree with that statement because no one, no one completes you. They may compliment you, but no one completes you. You complete yourself, but you may have a compliment in your, in your mate, or your soul, you know, you may have a soulmate or, or whatever type of relationship you're in. Um, as far as the, you know, the value of a relationship really doesn't determine my value. Mute, mute, you on mute. Keith, so, you on mute. It's, I think there it's he is. There he is. He's got good. Now nah, I think it's perception too. The, the good thing about it is, you know, how you see it, you know, um, that um, Kevin's Kevin's point and, you know, Kevin, you when you talk about never seeing any candidates um, um, single, you know, I really started thinking about it. And you don't, you know, oh, there was one. Which one? Fantasy, but on oh. a different world. <laughs> <laughs> but even, um, even even the show, you know, one of your favorite shows that I got still got to catch up on is The Shy. You know, when the brother, you know, they wanted him to look like he had a uh, a thorough marriage, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I forget his name, but I think Duda, that's Duda? you talking about Duda. Yeah. Duda, Duda they, running for mayor in Chicago. He was married to Candy Burris. Yeah, I, I, I remember that one. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he wanted to make sure that, um, you know, they wanted to make sure that he he looked like he was whole because that's the perception what Ward is saying for him. You know, it it doesn't matter what other people think. You know, I make myself whole. I'm valuable without anyone else. And I think it has a lot to do with perception, you know, and, you know, how you view things. You was going to say something? No, no, I was agreeing. No, I think it's dope, man. I I think it's I think it's um, a really a really good topic when we talk about, you know, determining your worth and, you know, your value and how you value yourself. I wonder if you you know, and I wanted to ask you guys, if you take your job away, if you take your income away, if you take all the materialistic aspects away from you, are you able to still possibly write a letter to describe who you are taking away all of that yeah, materialistic yeah. 
yeah. degrees, you know, yeah, and yeah. still be able to present your value mm. you know, um, on a piece of paper or however you say it, you know, are you still able to do that? And I think that's yeah. dope if you, yeah. That's yeah I think doing. it's having, you know, I think we all have standards. Mm -hmm. You know, standards is really what makes you a valuable asset when mm -hmm. you have standards. Mm -hmm. There are things that you're not going to tolerate. And there are things that you're doing habits, better habits that we have in order to become better. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think standards, having standards, having good habits, mm -hmm. having a strong work ethic and, and being motivated and being disciplined. All of these qualities go in to you could take all of the other stuff away. But if you have many of those characteristics and qualities of having a good work ethic, being work ethic, being motivated, having standards about what you will accept and what you will not accept, these things help to really make you worth something. You know, if you don't have standards, if your standards are very low, then the the worst that you will feel about yourself, you know, in relationships or in your professional life, because then you'll be just tolerating whatever anybody says to you. However, whatever, however, anybody treats you in relationships or on your job, you know, so you got to have standards, expectations for my living and expectations for how people, how I deal and interact with other people. Mm. Dope conversation, man. Dope conversation, man. Was um, I think one of the things for me, one of the takeaways for me, um, is you know, it's the when we talk about the village, you know, when we had this conversation, a takeaway for me, something that I'm, I'm gonna hold on to, which in that particular, you froze up, Keith. He froze up on us. Did I? Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, one of, one of the takeaways for me is you know just simply just a reminder of the village, and you know I you know I, I don't know if I shared it with y'all you know maybe a couple months ago for some reason I got I got several messages from some guys I used to mentor and their parents, and I'm talking about easily over easily over ten years ago, and these young men man are in their late twenties, early thirties. And the the greatness that and the success that they got going on, you know, for me was like freaking amazing. And, you know, I often, you know, I'll get some text messages or some 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 DMs. And, you know, like Ward is talking about that volunteer, you know, and helping out, you know, it's 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 amazing how far that can go. So, you know, when you know the viewers were just ch chiming in when it comes to the, you know, helping that village. I think that's the takeaway for me to continue to, and how that does add, you know, value to who we, who we got going on, what I got going on. I'll, I'll just read Jackson. it. Uh -huh. Yeah. I see. Jackson, Jackson, yeah. go Eagles. <laughs> uh, Sharon Lucky, I got nothing but Don't worry, Keith. I'm right there with you, bro. Uh, hey, Shakur, good win yesterday, Shakur. Good win, EB. Good win. <laughs> good crazy. win. 32 Yo, to got, 9. 32 to 6. 32 to 6. 32 yeah, baby. Yo, we'll guys, take you it. Man. Nah. No, nah. Said no. Nah. Anyway. Just just put value in yourself. You really don't have to worry about what yeah, everybody else is. Hey, we're going to go into our first um, 
Ask the Professor of Season 2. Let's do it. Ask, ask the professor. The professor. Yo, yo, here we are. What up? What's up? What's up? So I got a question out here. Um, ask the pro- uh, to Mr. It says to Mr. Ask the professor. Um, it says that what is the best way to tell somebody that I have outgrown them? I'm in a relationship and it just appears that we do not have many mutual, I'm just trying to read this, many mutual ideas or many mutual, my goodness, this is a, this is a terrible, they, they kind of typed it wrong, but they in essence feel like they don't have a lot of mutual uh, um, things that they are involved in and she is feeling that she has outgrown the relationship. How, how, what are the signs to begin to feel and understand that I have outgrown him? And how should I tell him that I have outgrown the relationship? All right. Y'all kind of get the meat of that. What did she say about um, what are the signs? Though? What's the question about the signs? What, what are the signs? What I guess what are the telltale signs? That she outgrowing? That you'll be able to see symptoms of outgrowing a relationship or that the relationship is is nearing its end. So she so that's a two-part question, right? It, it like is kind of a two-part right. question because you. the last part is how do I tell them? So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, but um, one of the things that I was thinking about when we hear this outgrow one another or outgrowing the relationship or the other person, it seems like you have been experiencing some form of personal growth mm-hmm. in some facet of your life, some personal growth. I don't know if it's on your job or if it's a, um, if it's something on the side some uh, you've experienced something from uh, your reading or your additional learning, something that has really caught your attention and your interest that you are now feeling more distant from the person that you're in a relationship with. So I don't necessarily agree that you've outgrown an individual, but you may be going in different directions at this time and phase of your life. Mm-hmm. All right. So, there's a couple of signs that you can look for. Sometimes the conversation just feels forced when you're having conversation with one another and it doesn't feel natural things that you used to talk about. You're not talking about them easy. Conversation is almost foreign for you um, now than it was in the beginning. So conversation begin to look at how you talk to one another and the type of things you talk about and see if the conversation is still exciting and interesting, or if it really is lackluster at this point. Also, sometimes it's just a fundamental shift in how your values or beliefs may have changed. It might be something uh, in politics or in, a, in the worldview that uh, has there has been a shift in what you believe 
about a certain topic and the partner that you're in a relationship with has a strong um, opinion the other way. You know, so sometimes it's just a fundamental shift in your beliefs and your values that also may be a telltale sign of the relationship coming to an end. The other thing is that you feel like they that if you tell the person that I'm moving in a different direction or I'm feeling distant or I'm feeling that we just don't have too many things in common as we did before, you subconsciously don't want to tell the person because you're scared of how they might feel or how they might criticize you. All right. So again, these are just a few different telltale signs. And the last sign that you can look for, is there more tension in a relationship than there has been before in the past? Just having regular talks or just having time out with one another. Do you feel more tenseness, more tension? Is it, again, is it forced being with the person, being around the person, having just conversation or regular quality time with the individual? Do you feel too much tension that you can actually cut with a butter knife? <laughs> All right. So, again, those are certain things that might not always be a hundred percent in the direction of the relationship coming to an end, but it is something that you should take a close, hard look at. Now, my last point is how do you tell somebody that you're moving in a different direction? All right. That's the worst thing that somebody would want to hear that you've invested time, emotion, um, with that individual. And now the worst thing that you can tell them is that you're growing away from them, becoming distant from them, or you feel the relationship is coming to the end. You got to put yourself in that position. You got to have empathy. You got to talk to them in a sensitive manner, okay, because this is a very sensitive topic, all right? You got to be able to not, to not just send them a text message or an email or anything <laughs> like that. This is something that you got to have a face-to-face -face conversation with. All right. The emphasis is on that. You don't want a, you know, a person to shut down on you. You don't want to be leave a relationship in friction, you know, so you got to really develop the time. You got to have the wisdom. And maybe for some people, this needs to be in a therapeutic environment. All right. Because you want to be able to be as gentle as you possibly can to let them know your feelings about the status of the relationship and how different the two of you have become have become during the course of time. So you got to put yourself in their position. How do you want to be talked to and let down when you feel like your partner has come to the end of a relationship with you? So that's my thoughts concerning outgrowing and also dealing with the person in a sensitive manner, because you never know the person that you might be in a relationship with may have some mental health issues that something like this could really push them to the edge to want to do or say something. Um, if it's not done gentle and not done in consideration of a person's feelings as well. So I hope this helps. Yeah. I thought that was um, the, the great mature way, you know, to handle it. You know, I, I, I wonder if, um, you know, if she just want to just be real and say, you know, she having some more intellectual conversations with another guy, 
you know what I'm saying? And now, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, just be real. You have another conversation with somebody else. The conversation has gotten boring at home. He's interesting. And, and, and you just want to move on and don't know how to say you want to move on. Girl, stop playing. <laughs> INF, you're saying that there's a distraction is what you're there's saying. There's a distraction right there. There's a distraction. You know, the professor... He got to give us the, the the academia when it comes to the the profound answer. But girls, stop playing. And but, but, but INF, what's what's more hurtful? If what's I up? just tell you, you know, that our interests are no longer common at this point, is it more hurtful to say that, or is it more hurtful and damaging to say that I've taken interest in someone else? I think I think telling the truth is 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 more forthright. I think telling the truth is more forthright and um, in all honesty. I'm, I'm with you. With you, so know, you don't think she's being honest? No, I'm joking. I'm 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 so I'm I'm joking. But just really, just being honest, you know. And it's not really just about. It's not just about them and how you tell them, you know. But it's, it's being honest with yourself. You know, what I'm saying right. it's being honest with yourself about this is what's going on. You know, we we're not in the same space that we used to be. You know, and you've tried and had many conversations about it, but you got to be real. You got to be honest. And I think sometimes it's it's your delivery. It's your approach. And I always say, you know, you got to be um, you got to be intent driven. Like, what is your intent in this conversation? It's not really to lash out, but your intent is really to get out of this relationship. So just be intent driven and say, look, this is what it is. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt like hell. You know what I'm saying? It, it might even hurt her, too. But at the same time, you know, you living with this, you know, this falsehood of just, you know, look, hey, you know, this this thing ain't working. I've outgrown now. What what does outgrown look like? We can. That is so broad. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. to me, I feel like it's so broad and like just be detailed. We're not in the same space anymore. We've tried for years to to really, you know, get things going. You're, you're here and I'm here. I'm not saying. And I think sometimes what people do is they'll say I, I, outgrew, I, I outgrew that person, but they just went a different direction. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when people say I outgrew and I'm not saying that she does. I know I was joking when I first came on, mm -hmm, but they just went a different direction. It's their way to to make to make them look like they, they grew and they gotten bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like they're in the same place, you know, mm -hmm. and they very well in the same place they could but, be uh, they could be, be. And it definitely could be but in that sometimes i think people just go in a different direction and and we gotta we we have to respect that and just be real with it like yo this is this is really what it is you know what i'm saying you know um and i think um you know cat says even in the outgrowing message right sometimes people have a tendency to belittle or demean the meat right you know? and that's um, why you got to be sen sensitive and gentle um, when you're delivering this kind of message, because you got to consider yourself, how do you want this message to come across to you, right. you know, and your feelings surrounding it. So when you're delivering this message, you got to really take, you know, put yourself, have a lot of empathy and put yourself in that person's position, you know, and, and deal with it from that point. But again, like you say, you can't get around the message being hurtful yeah, yeah, in definitely. some way, shape or form, but right. Right. You got to give your due diligence to make it as digestible as you possibly can. And it probably won't come in one conversation. 
I disagree because here's my thing. You always hear people talk about, oh, I, just want, I, just wanted, I just want you to be honest. Be honest with me. But here's most people can't take the you truth. Can't take the they can't take honesty. But be honest. Tell them because even with, you know, you trying to sugarcoat it, you know, that can give them a different feeling of why things are being ended. No, just be honest. Just be brutally honest and say, look, look, you know, we're we're going in different directions right now. I I'm I'm it feels like I'm growing, you're not, or or vice versa, or however what really is going on. Just tell yeah, them. But that's the belittling thing that Kat was talking about. How is that about. belittling you're, them when you're, you're saying grow, when you're saying you're grow I'm growing, but you're not. That you gotta have a better I mean, not, way not, to, not to actually give coming the message out and saying, because not actually again, saying that it, you're it's not gonna make growing. them it's gonna make them feel less than you know it's got to be a message that you know not makes you to be the bigger person in this all right it's got to be given in a way that is mutually understood and this might be the best course of action for both of us not just for me because i think that's a selfish delivery rather than thinking about the other person and not not again not not putting them down but again saying this is something mutual that we need to discuss and really think about because it could be for the best for both of us. Not yeah. just me. I think that's a selfish direction to go with to someone. Um, you know, when you're saying I'm I'm growing, you're not, you know, and that person yeah. is probably doing everything they can to kind of <laughs> I've been bettering myself. I've been <laughs> and you're doing I'm, the devil. I'm not growing. <laughs> I've been doing I've been doing so many things differently. But no, it's, but even but even still, but if, you haven't taken notice of where, that because you've been so uh, you've been so full of yourself that you haven't seen my contributions or my bettering of myself. I, I think the intent I think that's why I, I go back to intent. I think sometimes we get into we have a confrontation or a conflict. I don't even want to say a, a confrontation in a, a, a conversation and the intent gets lost in emotion. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's my emotion and my conversation and what I'm thinking and how I feel about you sitting on this couch for the last two months not doing anything is taking over what I really want to say. You know what I'm saying? And and that that compounded with my feelings and my emotions gets lost in translation and how I want to deliver this message. You know, right. so I think at times you really do have to know that this is my intentions. You know, and get away from the feeling and the emotion aspect. I think both of you bring up a great point because that individual that you care about, that you love, after the relationship, they still have to live. So if you if you leave them with the truth, you know, versus you know a lie and why I want this relationship to right. to end, I think it's it's good for them to know. Look, this is the truth you know, right. about me that this one person said, not saying that it's the truth, but that was but, their feeling. And right. But remember, you're dealing with a person's heart. You got to handle it with care. You yeah, know, I, you, you, you got to really take that I'd into consideration. Tell me like, Ward, I don't want to be with you no more because, you know, you know, you gain too much weight or, you know, <laughs> you, you, I don't like the way you do hair anymore or, you know, you can't fucking see. But, you know, right. I mean, I'd rather hear that to say, well, you know, I, I just don't think we're 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 meant for each other. 
No, just tell me the guy's honest. But that's Let me that's know. you. That's how you want to tailor to you, and that's probably not probably how the other person is going to receive it. You right. know, that's probably not how you can give it to the other person. It's not a cookie cutter type of, of message. The true self it is it's got to be tailor made to that person. You know, just because Don't I can receive it. The Just because I can receive it doesn't free. necessarily mean that the other person can receive it in the same manner that you're able to. Everybody has varying levels of how they can receive this type of very vital and critical message. Yeah, you know what, Katie, you read that letter. And um, as you said, the letter was a little choppy. I'm wondering if there were like some some details that maybe um, were left out to get a clearer picture of yeah, you know. yeah, their whole situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, I mean, you're not gonna get the full details and answer, <laughs> Professor. I mean, we can come close to what we might yeah. speculate is going on, but I hope that our, you know, our message to the young lady is helpful. Yeah, no, nah, it it is, it is. You get both both ends of the spectrum, right. you know, when it comes to you know, ask the professor and your question. We appreciate you know you guys joining us tonight. Continue sending your messages to Kevin Kev, the professor, or ask the professor segment as he go through these um, questions. I know he's being hit with a lot of questions, and he has to choose, you know, which ones. <laughs> Can we read Pastor BJ connections? Uh, uh, before we end this thing, we give people enough credit. People can handle the truth. I got to read. Can I say it in pastor? I want to say it in pastor's voice. <laughs> no, nah, we give people enough credit. People. Can, I don't know what she sound like, but you know, nah, I, I, I um, Brenda, um, Brenda has a, a, a good morning um, prayer and a good morning word okay. on our Facebook page. Hey, so I get a chance to check her out um, at times in the morning. Um, and she says, we give people enough credit. People can handle the truth. People realize when a relationship has changed, whether or not they accept it or not, or not. Truth and be honest is always the best. People can handle it. We want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Continue to um, check us out on all streaming platforms. Go to our YouTube page. Go to our Facebook fan page. Share um, our podcast with us. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, all streaming platforms. The fellas are back. Just our thoughts with the fellas for season two. Next up in two weeks, we got Reverend Nikki Brown coming to hang out with us and have some good conversation with us you know, and talk to us about what's going on and some of the projects that she got going on. Thanks for coming out. Just our thoughts with the fellas. Peace. Peace.